and welcome to a new episode of Monroe Mustangs. I'm your host, David Spiegel from the Monroe College Department of Athletics. And here today, we have another longtime member of the Monroe College family, third year head coach of the Monroe Mustangs women's basketball program, 10 years with the men's basketball program, and an alumni of Monroe College. Please welcome Dana Warner. Thank you for having me, David. Pleasure to be on your show. Thanks for being on, Coach Warner. So, as I said, you're heading into your third year as head coach of the Mustangs women's basketball program. Before that, you spent 10 years coaching the men's basketball program. Uh, basically the right-hand man to coach Jeff Brustad all those yes, years. And well, not, 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 not all those years. I was able to move <laughs> up the ranks. But, yeah, we did a lot of years together, so that was great for me. <laughs> of course, we'll get, we'll get into detail of that. And yes, sometime before then, you were also – a foundational piece in the late 90s to the Monroe Mustangs men's basketball program. So I'd like to start there. Um, first off, what brought you to Monroe back then? And what were some of the experiences you had when you were here as a student athlete? Uh, yes. Um, so for me, uh, coming out of high school, uh, unfortunately, I suffered a, a severe knee injury that almost took my career away from me. And, you know, at a point that I had after graduating high school to make a choice as far as what I was looking to do for the future, you know, I had a few family advisors give me some suggestions of different thoughts that I could focus on to get myself an opportunity to get back into playing college basketball, but still focusing on graduating. Um, and, you know, a lot of them felt strongly about me looking to go to junior college route. And there were a few junior colleges in the city at that time that was really strong with their athletic programs. Uh, FIT was one. They were on me during high school. But, you know, I was someone who had some Division One interests and some offers. And so I wanted a, a challenge, you know. And at the time, Monroe College, they just came off of a national championship run. Um, they had some players that I was familiar with. And, you know, some of the family friends uh, that I had were advisors that also officialed some of their games. Um, so it was kind of like a, a blessing in disguise to get connected to um, Coach Jackson and Monroe College at that time um, through our uh, mutual friend, which was one of the officials that refereed the game. So he connected us and I was able to reach out. And it was pretty much, you know, a, a really interesting story because Monroe was done recruiting, you know, and I was at the point where I just finished getting over my rehab. Uh, I, I damaged my knee severely to the point that, you know, I had to take like six, seven months just to, you know, get back on the court. Um, well, go through the rehab and, and surgery process to to get back on the court. And um, so I wasn't even sure if I was going to play that upcoming season, but I was just in a rush to want to get back out there and compete. So um, we were able to sit down and have a discussion as far as what I was looking to do. And, and I remember Coach um, Jay, CJ, as we call him, he, he threw out the article that I had from the uh, – daily news when I made the All-City team, and he was saying, like, listen, I, I, um, how close are you to being this player? And, and I was telling him, like, listen, I, I really can't say right now, but I'll, I'll give you my 100% effort to getting back to that level. And, you know, from there, it was kind of history at that point. You know, he told me that you're going to have to earn everything. We have a team already in place, but, you know, I believe in your abilities to be able to get on the court and, and show what you can do, and as long as you're going to compete for it, then this is probably going to be the place for you. Um, so that, that was, that was interesting because that set the tone for my whole career at Monroe. You know, I was, I was kind of used to being a guy that had a lot of things come to, easy to me in basketball and academics at that point was, was also something that came easy to me, but I, I stumbled along the way in my high school career. So Monroe was a great foundation for me to kind of balance off my athletic career as well as my academic career. And that's, that's what I think Monroe really did for me at that time. 
So of course, as many of our student athletes do, after your time at Monroe, you moved on, you went to Slippery Rock University on a scholarship before also eventually transferring back to New York to CCNY. So uh, what were some of your experiences after moving on to the NCAA level and how do you think Monroe had you prepared to play at the NCAA? So my, my first year at Monroe College was good because I had a, a sophomore laden team, but we had a good balance of freshmen, you know, so that taught me right there the, the idea of competing every single day for an opportunity to play. And academically, I, I brought that same level of competitiveness in the classroom. So, you know, I was very proud of, uh, of my academic achievements at Monroe. You know, I graduated with a 369 GPA uh, from Monroe College and you know, so during that time, my sophomore year, when I had the opportunity to be more of a leader for that team, um, I was a leader as well as uh, my guy, Tariq Hamer, who's our point guard, Nate Brown, um, sophomore leader, Dennis Scatliff. So, you know, we had a good core of foundation with our leadership that sophomore year. So, you know, for me, going from the freshman year where I felt like I was a role player to sophomore year where I had an opportunity to feature myself a little bit more, I felt like I wanted to be put in a position to be the be the quote unquote man or, or, or have that opportunity to share that responsibility like I just did my sophomore year. So, you know, I had some division one still showing some interest, but I felt personally I'd be more of an impact at the division two level. Um, so at that time, you know, I went out to um, a recruitment visit with our point guard, Tariq Hamer at the time, you know, the school both wanted us and, you know, he decided to go elsewhere. I, I was looking to go elsewhere, but you know, it just so worked out that um, things worked out to where I was able to commit to that school. And so Slippy Rock was the choice. And, you know, we, we uh, at the NCAA level, I felt I was totally prepared because I, I just had a more mature mindset than, than coming fresh out of high school. You know, uh, coming out of high school, I think, I, you know, I would have just focused more on thinking that I was already at this level, didn't have to work hard for it. You know, but going through the injury that I went through, to get myself back on track gave me a little bit more tougher mentality, true grit. And, and being able to test that grit every single day, being at Monroe really helped me because I felt like I was in position now to walk into the NCAAs more mature and ready. You know, so to whatever what the environment was or the exposure that I would have had to diff, playing at different talent levels, I felt like I was prepared. And so things were going well for me at first. And then unfortunately, you know, the team, we went through our stuff out there, um, you know, players, di different interactions. And I, I just, you know, felt like this, this environment wasn't necessarily the best place for me to feel I could nurture myself and grow at that level. You know, even though I felt like playing wise, I felt like I could play at that level even higher, but it wasn't about the playing rise. Me mentally, I just had to be in a space where I felt comfortable and supported, you know? So I, I waited to the end of the year, spoke to the coach and athletic director. They, they thought that maybe, you know, I wanted to give another year, but I didn't want to play around my senior year. You know, I felt like I wanted my senior year to be as successful as I felt like my sophomore year was at Monroe College, to where we won a championship, and I felt like a pivotal part in that, that role, and I didn't want to feel as if, like, I was forcing the issue by be, being too far away from home, and I wanted to, you know, give something back to where I can have that support for my family and friends, and it felt like my last year meant something. You know, so um, it was kind of like a no-brainer for me to come back and, and, and transfer into City College. You know, coming as a, a Division II player, playing at Division One JUCO level, I was more of an impact to be at the D3 level and expected to do well. Um, my father played at City College. He starred there and went, when their team was very successful. So, you know, I, I kind of thought that this would be a great opportunity for me to do this as a family tribute, you know, bring some, um, bring a Warner legacy back to City College and, and still feel like, you know, I, I'm still living my, my last collegiate career um, year um, on a high note, you know, so. 
Um, going to City College was great. Uh, but once again, I just, as I stated, I already knew what I was walking into. No matter how good the team was or the situation was, I was going to make it my my level of where I was playing at high level basketball. You know, so it, it just so happened that we had a good nucleus of, of guys that had great chemistry from the beginning. And that propelled us to do well that year and win the, um, the region championship or well, the CUNY championship and, and propelled us to go to the NCAA tournament. And that was the first year that the team has had that type of success um, since pretty much my dad's time, you know, so that was great for us. We had a winning record and we got to the um, NCAAs and, you know, so that, and unfortunately my dad passed away that year before the year started, but um, then it all became just a tribute. You know, I wanted to make sure that that, that season was dedicated to his legacy and what he accomplished there and, and continuing with my legacy, propelling me to the future. Um, so, you know, did that and, and then, you know, pursued some semi-pro, pro basketball uh, aspirations. And uh, fortunately, that didn't go so well. But I, I gave myself the, the amount of time I needed to. Four to five years after I graduated college in 2003, 2004, I graduated. Um, so went on to do some semi-pro stuff. Worked with Nike as uh, doing an initiative to tra travel overseas and, you know, venture to, to help develop other countries within the basketball and that led me over to China. So I had the opportunity to do some things over there. Um, but once again, like I said, just the professional level didn't work out for me. So I was still playing semi-pro ball locally within the city. And, and then a few of my contacts suggested that maybe I get into coaching, you know, start, start small and, and training and, 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 and developing um, the youth at that point, you know, so I was working with middle school age level, even though I had some offers to um, coach higher level, but I just felt like I wanted to start small with the foundation of the grassroots level. And um, that kind of sparked the love because throughout that time, I, and I'll be honest with you, David, like there was a point where I was just like lost as far as what I was looking to do. You know, I knew that I, I didn't want to work a standard nine to five, eight to four job. So I felt like I had too much to give and the love of the game really, you know, was still, it's still within me, you know, so Coaching to me, honestly, was a savior at that time because it gave me a sense of direction and purpose. Um, so when I started coaching AAU basketball, um, they, they suggested that I, I work with a middle school too at the same time. Um, so the middle school opportunity really helped me develop because I, I started that program, uh, both boys and girls at the middle school I was working with. So I got a chance to really see it develop from the ground up. And, and, and at the same time, I actually um, had an opportunity to start to coach with Monroe College. So I'm sure you want to uh, get into that one. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that shortly. But um, I think the balance was great for me because that really helped me understand that this is where my passion is at. So this is what I want to do moving forward. And as you said, of course, I do want to get to what brought you back to Monroe. Uh, obviously, again, you found uh, some solos in coaching and you kind of, you know, found your niche over there. And eventually you did make your way back to Monroe, I believe in a, a part-time situation at first. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I was, so it, it was funny how all this worked out though. And this is why I knew it was kind of meant to be at that time. Um, so Jeff Brustad took over as the head coach at Monroe. Um, but he was my assistant coach when I played there and his assistant at the time, uh, in 2007, 2008, during that year, was Brock Erickson. Brock Erickson was also my first assistant coach at City College. So I had an opportunity to work alongside two assistant coaches that coached me as a player. And I felt like for me, what more familiarity do I need, especially get introduced into the collegiate level than to have guys that have really helped me 
throughout my career, develop and get to the level that I got to. So why not come back? And also they had on the staff, my, my, my guy, Alan Jenkins, who served as um, a leader, a, a, a strong leader, a presence of that team that played the year before I came to Monroe was very pivotal for me because when I came up to workouts and, and had an opportunity to, to play uh, around the Monroe College players, you know, he was someone that I, I really gravitated to because he just had that toughness, that, that work ethic that I just appreciated and admired. So now that's the nucleus of coaches on that staff. It was kind of like a no-brainer for me. So once the part-time opportunity was offered to me, I totally took advantage of it because it really wasn't about the money at that time. You know, for me, it was just an opportunity to really get to that level and also coach with people I was familiar with and, and see how I would be able to develop my skills as a coach to go along with what I'm doing at the middle school level to see where I can go with the collegiate level. And as you mentioned, when the show started, you kind of climbed the ranks through the, the coaching tree at Monroe College with Coach Jeff Brustad eventually becoming his top associate head coach um, yes. before eventually moving on to something different. But mm -hmm. what did you do to kind of improve as a coach along those 10 years? And what were some of your best experiences working with the men's team? Mm. Um, so to answer the first question, um, there, you know, being challenged to, to figure out your niche on a coaching staff is, is something that I felt, you know, for me was, was good experience at Monroe at that time. You know, I had Brock Erickson, who was great with recruitment and also, you know, leadership with, with, with the guys. Um, Coach Brewstad did a great job with the guys as far as directing them to, to have success and at a high level, you know, so Alan Jenkins, great motivator mentor. So I felt like I can take a little bit of all the coaches and figure out where my niche could fit and then just be available to do different things at different times, you know? So uh, being out there in the state of New York, you know, having a, a good, strong foundation of, of, of contacts and, and networking capabilities was great for me because now I'm, I'm getting a lot of information that can help us with recruitment at this level. Um, mentoring a lot of the guys because, you know, a lot of the guys were from New York. So at that time, it's easy for me to connect with them just by variable mutual acquaintances and, and be able to be a mentor for them. And then also seeing and studying how Coach Brewstadt would, would lead those guys to, to, to you know, practices and, and the games and contests. And so then, you know, for me, when I had an opportunity to speak up in practices, I, I had my chance to say what I felt could help them be able to give them that extra um, set of uh, encouragement to be able to guide them to that level. And so um, along the years, I just felt like, you know, there were things that I could, you know, do at different times where it became a value to the program. And, and so as my position and role grew um, with the staff, so did my, my leadership in those um, avenues. So recruitment became a strong suit for me. Uh, mentoring a lot of the guys at that time became a strong suit. For me. And then also, you know, Coach Brustad gave me the opportunity to, to implement, you know, my voice in practices and, and, and be a leader in games. You know, so that that all helped me to, to eventually feel that associate head coach is a title, but it's also a, a position that I feel like I was able to earn because of my way of developing throughout the years with the staff and gaining the trust from the staff and the players. You know, so, uh, you know, right, um, right with with that process, I felt like the balance with the staff that we had was very successful and it helped um, guide the players to to, to have uh, success at this level. You know, so we were able to be very competitive my first year. We we only lost three games that year. And um, going into the, the, the postseason, we felt like we had a strong opportunity to go to nationals. And 
Unfortunately, we came up short that year, um, but we had about like seven or eight Division One players on that team. And so I felt like there was a blueprint to understand, well, you have talent, but you also have to make sure you know how to cultivate this talent to help them understand what it takes to be a winner. So the following year, you know, still was nothing short uh, of, of that talent and, and, and maturation into a successful championship team. So going into the 2008-2009 year, um, it was big for us to make sure we had good leadership and we had that and, and, and that propelled us to, to make that run to national. So that was my first opportunity as, a, as an assistant coach on the staff. I was third assistant at that time. But, um, you know, we made a great run um, to go to nationals and we lost the first game out there and then won the next three games. So we finished about seventh or eighth in the country at that time. So we had some really good um, returning players from that year because a lot of the, the guys that did well for us was fortunately freshmen. You know, so um, the freshman guys turned sophomores that came back for the 2009 season and brought some new talent in. So we made another run. Um, so it was back to back years for us. And going into uh, that following season where we just made back to back national championship runs, um, we already felt like we had a really good blueprint in place and guys were going to high level schools. And now the recruitment becomes a little easier because you see Monroe on the forefront uh, of being a national championship contender. Um, so we were able to bring in some fortunate, I mean, some really good talent um, that that I felt at that point in time, you know, we were a favorite to be competitive and, and, and be declared as kind of like a top team in the country. Um, so that 2010, 2011 year um, or, or, uh, was great for us because uh, for me or 2011, 2012, um, it was kind of like the foundation of, 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 I felt, what put us on the map as far as like being that, time, that team that could, could produce high-level talent and be national um, championship contenders, and we weren't just a sleeper team anymore. You know, we, we had um, quality high Division I level players in, in Orlando Sanchez and Maurice Endor. Uh, we had guys like Teron Bailey, uh, the guys like Jeff Early. Um, all these guys obviously went Division One and started the Division One programs. Um, and, and, and so you wanted to continue to, to be at that level, producing those type of players and, you know, going three years in a row to nationals and competing for a championship really propelled us to where we felt like, you know, we were a team to be reckoned with nationally, not just locally. Um, so after those guys graduated, it, it was kind of a, 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 a high note for us to know that we achieved something that is very successful at that level. Um, as far as like getting guys through, graduating on time, going on to the high um, division one schools or mid-level schools, but also seeing, seeing our program grow to a level where, you know, nationally we're being recognized as a top team and we have coaches that are working their butts off to make sure we continue to keep the success going. So, you know, Coach Brock Erickson, who was the associate head coach at the time, first assistant, he was able to move on and, and become a head coach at the junior college level. Um, and so that you know, Coach Allen Jenkins, he decided to step down and, and focus his uh, efforts in more I mean, working uh, behind scenes and staying, you know, connected to Monroe, obviously working inside the school. And um, so I, I was able to step up at that time um, and, and become the first assistant. Obviously, I had to show Coach Bruce that I was ready for that position, but I felt like I had the years behind me. So um, 2012, my first year as the first assistant, um, I, I, we already had, like I told you, the blueprint in place to to, to have some success and understand what it took to have that type of success. So the talent was there and we had a top team. We were ranked like top 14 in the country at that time. And um, it was a, a the end, season didn't end well, put it like that. We, we got upset in the championship game, the region championship game. 
um, to a team that just played like they wanted it more than us. Uh, but, you know, seeing how that season went and going by the previous years and understanding what it takes to be successful at this level, you know, that following year we were able to bring in another group that was talented, but they knew how to compete and, and, and understood what it took to, to build their name here and not just play off of the names that they had coming into Monroe College. Um, so, and I felt like that following the team, that 13, 14, I mean, sorry, that 13 year, 2012, 2013 year, they, they, they had an idea, but they were, we, we were bringing in Division one transfers, um, guys that had success already in, in, at the collegiate level. And uh, it was hard to, to bring the egos together, to, to have them to serve one purpose and, and to develop as a team. But that 2013, 2014 team, they, they understood that. They brought that understanding to the practices. They, they felt like they, they needed to make a name for themselves. And they wanted to make a name for themselves. And they wanted to develop here. So them being receptive to the, to the listening that, that had to take place in order for them to, to develop and, and, and get to the level that they wanted to get to, they, they knew that coming in. So it was easier to coach that group. And, and we won 13 games straight at the beginning of this year. And I felt that was an achievement in itself because we didn't do it with a whole bunch of names. We did it with the guys that didn't have a lot of big names but made their names throughout that year. And we had, uh, fortunately, at the end of that year, we had guys that was listed as Juco All-Americans, uh, Division One players that didn't come in with Division One offers. And, and so even though we didn't win a national championship or even get to nationals that year, I felt that was one of the biggest achievements because for me, you know, as a lead recruiter, you know, you want to find a good balance of guys that can help you uh, make a staple for yourself and identity as far as who you are as a coach, what you can do to help a player. But I feel like I had more hands-on with help and development with those guys because those guys really developed the way that I told you that I, I, I'm big on development from the ground up. You know, they didn't come in with big names. They really worked hard for it. And, and, and they had the opportunities happen here at Monroe College. And that's what I was most proud of, to see that development and that opportunity for them to shine here at Monroe happen for them that give them success to where now those guys are still currently to this day playing professional basketball and, and, and having success in their own lives. So I, I was very um, happy about that achievement. Hey Mustangs, I just wanted to tell you about the brand new Monroe Mustang Sideline Store, powered by our apparel partner, BSN Sports. Create your own unique piece of Mustang gear by choosing from hundreds of apparel options, colors, graphics, and your choice of the new Monroe Mustangs logo collection. Through the month of September, save 15% on your order of $90 or more with the code SEPT20. Visit the Monroe Mustang Sideline Store at MonroeCollegeMustangs.com slash shop and gear up for the new school year. And so after what can universally be said is 10 successful years with the men's basketball program, there happened to be an opening in our women's basketball program a couple of years ago, right before the season began. And, you know, we talked about this before we started recording about how you've been talked to about taking that position a number of times beforehand before yeah. finally deciding to challenge yourself and, and take the position that, uh, you know, a couple of years ago before your first season with women's team. So first, the, my first question with that is, um, what was it that made you hesitate a little bit with taking the position? And then what ultimately led you to want to jump right in and do it? Okay. Um, so f for me, you know, at the time, yeah, I felt like I, 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 you know, I've gone out to NCAA Final Four events, and you know, I, I, I felt like my name was circulating out there on the men's side of basketball, and 
And because of that, I, I felt like I had a good staple of, of who I am as a sister coach on the men's side. You know, so moving over to the women's side, I felt, you know, I would have to build that whole thing up from the beginning once again. And, and you know, I had 10 years of coaching at the collegiate level on the men's side. And I wasn't really sure if I wanted to take that challenge on, you know, to start all over again after I put so much time and equity into um, coaching on the men's side. Because you had to reestablish yourself as a whole different coach on the women's side just to gain that level of respect. And, you know, I understand that. And that was a challenge. And I'm glad you um, labeled it like that because, you know, to be honest, I, I had a lot of advisement to, to help me see that. You know, it was an opportunity for me to ha have my own program, you know, and, and develop my own culture and, and set things the way that I saw uh, uh, that could be set to, to run a program. And, um, you know, I, I, I thank Coach Brustad for giving me the opportunity to be able to assist with him at that side. But, you know, I felt like, yeah, why not? Why, why not? Why hesitate at this point? You, you've learned a lot about the game of basketball. And, and even though you have to develop things all over again from the beginning for yourself and your career, um, you're already used to doing that. And I value that as a process. So why not start from the ground up, right? So, um, you know, the, the opportunity presented itself and the um, administration felt confident that I could be a guy that can help lead a program, especially for Monroe College. And, and, and I felt there was a, a, a easy transition as far as being at Monroe. Now, had you asked me to, to leave the school and go to another program to, to be a women's coach, I might have had a little bit more trepidation with my uh, thoughts uh, as far as that was concerned. But making sure that I, I'm already familiar with, with how, um, I guess, protocol or um, systematically how things are done here at Monroe College, you know, it would just be a simple turn as far as, well, listen, you're adjusting really nothing about the game because you're still teaching the game of basketball. It's just making a move from the women's side, I mean, men's side to the women's side. Um, and, you know, having the, the opportunity to speak to the players that I recruited to come to Monroe College and tell them that I was looking to make this decision and knowing that they had, they supported me with that choice, I think made it easier for me because I, I feel like the guys were, were looking at me like I'm bringing them to Monroe and then I'm leaving them. They felt bad about that. No, they all supported me. They, they respected the decision I was looking to make. And, and so, to be honest, I, I think that was kind of like that last push that I needed. So I had the support from my family and friends and, and the players, they, they supported me. And, and, and I felt once that happened, you know, then it was like, well, let's make this decision. And, you know, speaking to the girls, I, but even before just the players on the men's side, it was also reaching out and connecting with the girls uh, that played here that year before. You know, they, they, they were all like, well, what were you waiting for? You know, <laughs> like, we, we, we wanted to have you since last year. You know what I mean? So uh, that was helpful for me, too, because, you know, you always want to make sure that you're going to the situation that, that you feel that you can do well, but you also are wanted because they respect what you can do or what you should be able to bring. And, and for me, that knowing that we had about eight and nine girls that played there from the year before and they all seemed to uh, welcome me with open arms, I, I, that really also made the transition a lot easier for me to accept. So um, with, with all that being said, I, I mean, there were challenges, but ultimately I, I did feel confident about the decision I made once I was able to speak to the girls and, and know that they all wanted me there just as much as I wanted to be coaching them. So I can actually speak from a little bit of experience here in a previous stop as a sports information director. I also came across a time where a women's basketball coach left right before the season and mm -hmm. The head associate, uh, the associate head coach from the men's team actually had to jump over and coach the women's team, which again was a hesitation. But just having spoken with him back then and spoken with you over the last couple of years now, you know, 
just because it's basketball doesn't mean it's exactly the same thing. And it's, you know, a completely different culture and it's a completely different, uh, you know, coaching style and having right. to learn about different personalities. So right. just seeing right. it two different times. And so far, so far, I, I could definitely say it's been successful for you. And another coach as well, he made a very successful career out of it as well. Actually moved on from that school to another school, also wow. coaching the women. So obviously he took cool. a, took a liking to that side of the game, but right. you know, it's definitely not something that you could just jump right into and say, okay, it's basketball. I can do this. So, you know, again, that's definitely why I wanted to label that as a challenge because it's not something you just move over and say, I got this. Right. No, it's not. And and to be honest, that's, that's why I didn't want to just make the move because I'm also looking at it from the perspective, like, am I giving, providing the the student athletes with what they need? Because this is also for them. Like being at Monroe college is is great because I told you I experienced this. You know, I had the fortune of being able to come through this rank and to understand what this did for me and, and provided a platform for me. And I didn't want to just jump ship just because it was a coaching opportunity for myself. I wanted to make sure the situation seemed to work for all elements, all factors. And the student athletes were the ones that played the most part in my mind when I made this decision, as I stated, you know, from the men's side to the women's side. Um, so if, if there was issues that they were going to have, with, with my choice and my decision, I wanted to make sure those issues got ironed out before I looked to make a decision, you know? So um, I didn't just make this move just to protect myself and, and the position I had in Monroe. I felt like this was a good situation for me. And obviously the athletic administration supported my, my choice, regardless of this, if I decided not to take it or if I wanted to step up and take it. But um, the student athletes, they, they played the biggest part and um, they, they helped make that transition easier because as you stated, it is different. You know, um, you're dealing with emotions and egos that are totally different from the men's side. Um, but you also understanding that with this situation in particular, um, you know, there was players that went through experiences that previous year that, you know, a lot of them didn't necessarily feel comfortable about Monroe College or the, or the situation at the time, you know. And, and so you wanted to make sure that those players understood that we're not in a position where we're trying to, to, to do anything to damage their career and opportunity. It's more so just making sure that, we want to give you what you feel you need in order to have success at this level. And if I'm able to provide that for you, then this is a situation where you can grow it. And, and they felt that. And, and, and I could tell they felt that because obviously the success that we had my first year, you know, everybody talks about wanting to win 20 games and stuff like that. To be honest, I just wanted to make sure that they had a good experience, you know, and, and, and my key, or you could say my basketball philosophy as a coach has always been focusing on development. Because if you focus on developing and you do things the right way, the wins will come. And, um, you know, so we didn't focus on wanting to go into the season, win 20 games and do this and do that. Uh, I just felt like if, if I show them that we're starting here to develop this way and they buy into that, then all the things that we know that can make up a good, successful team will fall in place. And that's what it, that's what it did. It allowed them to feel comfortable with, with knowing that they have a coach that's going to support them through their good and bad moments, you know, and, and I'm not just going to turn my back on them, I'm not going to shut them down because, they're growing, but I'm growing as well. You know, this is my first year as a head coach at the collegiate level. So I, I know I can't get on, on them too hard about making mistakes, knowing that I'm making mistakes. And, and so I felt like they felt that there was a common bond between us. I wasn't walking into situations saying I know everything. I, I, I'm, I'm open and, 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 and mindful of opinions and advice. But at the same time, I do feel confident about who I am as a leader. And I felt like I knew how to lead them in order to get them to where they wanted to be. And that, that, that confidence or the trust that you need to develop that relationship occurred day to day, you know, and, and by 
the time we got to, I want to say December, January, we started to start rolling just because they all bought in at that point. They, they understood what I was about. I understood what they was about. And, you know, it, it does take time to develop that trust between a new team, you know, and, and a coach. But uh, once it came to fruition, I, I just felt like we were all connecting where I, I knew what to expect from the players and the players knew what to expect of me. And we had more fun going through the process. You know, but you've got to put that hard work in uh, from the beginning just to build that trust. And when you do, it it, 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 it just falls into place to where, you know, we were able to, um, for example, that beginning of the season, we played a, a team, Hartford Community College, tough team to play, first game in the season, new coach, new system um, at their home. And, you know, listen, 25-point loss. I mean, I, I'm going to say that because, you know, the next time we played them, it wasn't a 25 point deficit. You know, we had the lead, it was a very tight game. And, and unfortunately we didn't make the plays that we needed to make down the stretch, but by that game alone, you know, I'm not too big on moral victories, but that team needed that moral victory because they saw how much we grow, we grew from that first game of the season to that next point when we had the opportunity to play them. And that's why I felt like that. And that happened literally in the middle of the season in December. So after that point in time, there was no more question or doubt in Coach, Coach Warner. You know, there was no more me having to question them as far as buying in because they saw it right there. So they bought in, and, and we were able to get an opportunity to put ourselves in a position to, um, once again, qualify to go to national. But we had to go through another um, obstacle, which was playing Hartford at Hartford. And, you know, we came up short, and, and, and it meant more to the girls because they, I really saw them compete. You know, so you could live with, with the outcome because you know they all left it on the court. You know, and and for that that experience alone, I, I was truly in, uh, indebted to the girls because they they gave me something that I felt like I had at the the middle school level when I had an opportunity to build my 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 team from the ground up, and and now walking into the situation, I had that same opportunity again. So it, it kind of brought me back, and I was able to see the similarities between the two sides, and I felt like you know maybe I didn't make the right choice as far as being on this women's side, and I'm just going to continue to grow from here. I could say, speaking from my own observations of that year, I remember the beginning of your first year, it was challenging. I remember just some of the, some of the things you were saying to me after some practices, just, <laughs> you know, knowing it, knowing it was a challenge and kind of working your way, like, you know, working through it as you go. And I remember specifically with that, that second Hartford game with a, a vast improvement. I remember the next day you guys were here and yeah. it was a completely different attitude. Everyone was just ready right. to go. So right. You know, that's, that's, you know, we're, we're seeing the same things right there. And obviously, yeah. you know, you finished, you know, first year, you can't really complain too much about 20 wins. And right. sec second season got rolling again, um, mm -hmm. had a lot of impressive wins. And just um, yeah. obviously at the end of the season, ended up qualifying for the national tournament. So, yeah. you know, take us through some of the, the, the joys of knowing that you just made it and seeing the team's name pop up on the screen during the selection show. Mm. And then of course we'll uh, follow up with whatever happened after that afterwards. Right. Right. So, so, you know, that second year, well, this past year, um, we graduated a lot of sophomores. So we only brought two returning players from that team that previous year, my first year um, back. And um, we pretty much surrounded them with all new players. Um, so that, alone almost felt like okay we were starting season one all over again you know you're, you're having to ingratiate uh, uh, new players to, to Monroe and they're coming from different cultures different backgrounds so obviously you're dealing with different egos and different personalities and you're trying to find that commonality between the two players that, that had success as freshmen 
that went to a district championship game and new players that don't really understand what this whole level is all about, you know, but um, middle of the year, we, we put it together and it was kind of the same thing that, that December trip, we went to the title nine tournament and we, 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 we gelled in a way that you could see the development all over again compared to how it was the first year and we got it rolling. So January, we had a good strong month and February, we, we finished a strong, um, we finished with some strong, impressive wins. Um, as you stated, we, we beat an undefeated team during that January run. And we, we, we played uh, Nassau Community College, Division Three, number one at the um, country at that time. Um, they beat us early in the year. And, you know, I, I just say, you know, divisions and junior college is, it, it's, it's a label because to be honest, talent's talent, balls are gonna ball. You know, so at the end of the day, you, you bring your game, you don't bring your name. And Nassau Community College, Hostos Community College, those are two tough, tough teams to play against within this area. And, you know, they bring it to us all the time. And we'll just make sure that we're bringing our best efforts as well. So it doesn't matter about divisions. You know, we value those wins just like anybody else would. And so, um, you know, playing against Nassau and, and pretty much from the beginning of the game, do, uh, coming out with that competitiveness and, and handling them um, the way we did to, to come up with a 20-point victory was, 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 a great, um, was a great motivation going into the postseason. That was our last game of the year. That was, you know, that was an opportunity for us to feel really confident about ourselves. So, you know, we were preparing to, to, to weigh our opponent to districts, and, and um, it just so happened things played off to where, you know, um, Hartford Community College, they, they had a um, snafu, and, and that, that kind of, like, gave us an opportunity to qualify for nationals. Um, so, you know, at that point, we had some time off, but we were – all geared up and prepared because we felt like, you know, playing against Hartford again for a district championship, but at our home court this time, we were, we were ready to face them. And, you know, unfortunately things happened on, on Hartford's end um, that gave us an opportunity to qualify to go to national. So um, no matter how we qualify, we qualified. And, you know, so the, the girls were focused and they were excited, you know, so now we were getting ourselves prepared for our first round opponent, uh, whoever it was going to be. So national uh, selection day, we found out who our opponent was, and, and now you're getting all scouting reports, and we're getting the girls ready because the girls are geared. They're seeing it all, our name on the selection show, and, you know, they're seeing us being ranked as a 2015 or 2014, the last team in, 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 in the national tournament to get uh, selected. So, you know, now you have that chip on your shoulder. So I don't have to do too much motivational coaching. They, they have that now because this is a team that developed from the ground up. They, they understand what it felt to be last, and develop themselves to have success so they already know right now going into this national tournament what we were looking to do we were looking to make the world know that we're here you know we can be a national force so um you know all of that going into it and then you know the the the, the unfortunate uh, circumstances to to, to uh, resolve around um the covid pandemic and um, you know, we had to obviously make a decision to take ourselves out of the national tournament, um, which, you know, was devastating to the girls, obviously, because you're looking more about, you know, you have qualifiers on the team. So it gives them an opportunity to get that exposure at the national level, to give them an opportunity to move on to the next level. And, you know, what the, the, the chance to um, qualify and go out to nationals can do for your program, you know, so not even just personal accolades. This is more just so, like I said, student athletes and putting Monroe College on the map to where, you know, we get a lot of that national attention. Because when you're out there, you're competing at that level, 
people recognize that your program is valued. And now they're looking for you during the regular season. They're looking to see who you have in your program to see if you're going to be able to be competitive to get to that national level again. Um, so all of that goes into your mentality when you hear that you're not going to be able to um, go out there. Obviously, you're, you're focused on safety first. You know, so you have to put that in the forefront and, and making sure that Monroe College supports uh, our student athletes' safety and, and health precautions before we're just worried about a tournament and basketball and competing. That, that definitely is in the forefront of everybody's minds. But it still doesn't um, take away the fact that, you know, the, the opportunity to go out there to compete athletically and, and have that taken away from you doesn't hurt. It hurts. You know what I mean? So, but, you know, and, and then eventually the NJCAA, they decide to shut the tournament down. So, you know, um, that gave some sort of comfort knowing that, okay, we missed an opportunity, but also everybody else in the country is suffering from that same circumstance. So, you know, now it's kind of like just developing to figuring out how we're going to make moves to move forward. And, um, you know, so we came up with obviously our own protocols as a staff, but support from NJCAA and the Monroe Athletic Administration to 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 try to stay within the rights that we have to to recruit and and do what we can to to bring student athletes in here. So a lot of Zoom calls and a lot of Skype interviews and and phone calls and things like that. You know, and we were able to to salvage our recruitment for what it's worth to to bring in a, a good class of student athletes that I felt would be able to help us be competitive this year, uh, if we have a season um, or not. You know, but I I think that. You know, the whole focus was to make sure that we're still able to provide a service that that can benefit the student athletes. You know, so you had a lot of students that, that were playing last year that was able to move on. We, we had our two sophomores that moved on to scholarship situations and the freshmen are able to come back and they're on track to graduate on time. And, and that's what I take pride on, you know. So, yeah, we didn't compete the nationals. Uh, we didn't get that opportunity, but still things went on and moved forward. And, and I'm, I'm happy to see where we're at right now. As you mentioned um, before, the tournament itself ended up being canceled. We had to, we at Monroe College had to make the decision to not send our teams to the national tournament. This also applies to our men's team that also qualified for their respective tournament. And, you know, this is because um, a lot of national news was focused on New Rochelle, New York, of course, where there was a bit of a bit of an outbreak early on in this whole process. Of course, Monroe College was, you know, we were fine at the time. But, right, right. you know, you heard New Rochelle in the news and it was it was tough to keep us on the schedule anywhere. Right, and right, right, right. so, you know, of course, I think we all know it was universally believed that we made the right call to right. kind of hold our teams back, you know, just for the health and safety, not only of our student athletes and coaches and staff, but for the health and safety of the other teams that we'd be competing against. Correct. Um, and then, of course, and as you mentioned, shortly after the NJCAA made the decision itself to cancel the tournaments, you know, again, looking at the health and safety of everyone involved, it was right. the responsible decision to make. And the then you look at the N and then you look at the NCAA too, deciding to cancel March Madness. Yeah. You know, another tough decision, but you know, just showing that we were all in the same boat. But just to give our audience an understanding of what it's like having a coach through a difficult time like this, what was it like when you had to break the news to your team that the decision had been made that you weren't going to be going out to Lubbock, Texas this year? So I remember, you know, the day vivid, very vivid. Um, you know, I, I, I was, you don't know going into those situations how emotional 
you'll be, you know, because it's a devastating news that you have to, you know, break to, to student athletes that you know worked so hard for this opportunity, you know, and they, they earned this opportunity that, you know, a lot of student athletes around the country might not be able to receive, you know, and, 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 and what you want to be able to do first is let them understand that, yes, this is devastating, but this is the side effect of dealing with, you know, the consequences that you could face if you do decide to compete. And we'll rather be in the forefront of making sure we're doing the right thing for public safety and health safety rather than just putting it strictly on focusing on athletics, you know, because your, your safety is more valued than an opportunity to play a game, you know. And, and so, you know, our athletic director, Luis Melendez, he came in and he was able to first address the group. And then I, I, I shared a couple of words, but I got choked up to the point that I had to stop myself from talking. So. I just allowed Lewis to finish up because, you know, I, all I kept thinking about in my mind was seeing our sophomores and, and, and some of the freshmen with the opportunity to be able to move on um, and, and not have that opportunity just because they won't be able to be on that stage, you know. And, and so it, it, it's tough because, once again, I coach for my players, you know, and, and obviously I, I, I love to develop as the year goes by personally, but I, I'm, I'm, my focus is development of the players. And seeing them have success because that's the stuff, that's the rhetoric that I'm preaching. You know, if you come in, if, if you buy into the system, you will have the type of success. And, you know, unfortunately, due to uh, uh, uncontrolled circumstances, we weren't able to, to live out what we actually had set in place from the beginning of the season, which was going out to national. Um, so we qualified, but we didn't get a chance to compete. And, you know, ending it on that note was tough, but. You know, the girls, um, they did a great job as far as, like, understanding what we went through and what we had to deal with at that particular time. And, and they focused on understanding in that moment. They, 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 they not let out their frustrations verbally just by talking amongst each other and ourselves and, and, you know, communicating with the team. But there were some really great spirited words that a lot of the student athletes were saying in those group chats to each other. And, and to me, that, that summed up the opportunity overall, like, yeah, we might not have competed in nationals, but they understood this experience and what it is and, and, and what's more important right now to focus on. And, and so, you know, uh, the focus on being safe and, and making sure we're, we're, we're complying to what we have to do according to our public safety was more important than focusing on a basketball opportunity that we um, didn't uh, have an opportunity to gain um, or, or, or go out and compete at the time. Um, so, you know, the girls, they, they locked in academically. And we had a great finish to the end of the semester academically with the student athletes. So I was proud of that. You know, that's any consolation, you know, because uh, I mean, to balance off the two that easily could have been a letdown that's traumatizing to some student athletes, especially when you know that your focus is to come here and go to nationals. Um, but, you know, none of them let that stray them from doing well in the classroom. So, you know, I, I was very proud to see that. And to be honest, that that's kind of like something that lasted uh, that lasting effect that gave me an opportunity to feel comfortable about knowing that they get it. They understand what this is about. So I, I don't have to continue to preach the same speech to them over and over because they show in their efforts. They showed in their work opportunity that they had to do well in the classroom they did. So that's a great consolation, you know. I will say one of the, the more impressive things that I got to observe after, you know, we had to announce that all of our seasons were canceled, not just for basketball, but for track and field, baseball, softball, rugby, all the seasons that maybe barely got started or the ones like yours that were, you know, trying to get to a successful end. Um, was that 
a lot of our student athletes handle this as maturely as you could possibly expect from, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds. And it was really impressive, you know, and I think it speaks to the kind of student athlete that Monroe brings in or, you know, develops is that a lot of these kids, you know, while they were very upset, you know, none of them were really angry at anybody. They, right. you know, none, pretty much none of them, you know, let their classes slip because of it. Right. And everyone got right. the job done. They were focused on what they needed to focus on and they're getting right. ready for a new season. Right. So now, as we, as we mentioned, you know, we're getting off to a different start to the 2020, 2021 <laughs> season. Um, nothing's happening in the NJCAA until January where hopefully things will get started and, uh, you know, get off without a, without a hitch. But obviously at this time, there are a lot of changes with the approach to an athletic season, you know, when it comes to practices and recruiting and all the testing that we have to do now. So what's kind of been your philosophy going into this new season? And, um, what are some of the things you had to do to adjust to make things work for this year? Well, you know, to be honest, um, I, the, the, the distancing that we've had from each other at this point in time, you know, student athletes being on campus, uh, we would have been had uh, meetings together where we are talking about, you know, things to be um, going towards the future, but it's so hard to plan ahead, you know, so you, you, you functionally have to stay in contact with each other through our social media platforms and text messaging, um, just to keep the, the, the student athletes aware of the ongoing changes. Um, so, you know, um, everything is precaution, you know, so our, um, public meeting that we'll finally have will actually come, um, this Friday, you know, when we, we uh, face to do team physicals, we'll have a chance to obviously practice in social distancing methods, um, have a chance to meet in public for the first time all together, um, myself, staff with the student athletes, um, and we're discussing what we're planning to do from, uh, month to month, but even break it down to a little bit more diligent, um, detailed approach week to week, you know, because I, I feel like the challenges that you do face with, you know, student athletes need to understand that it's important that they follow these quarantine safety issues because, you know, uh, breaking protocol can easily put anyone at risk and um, not even just risk to shut the program down, just, just health risk in, in, in general, you know, because a lot of students we do have here are staying on campus, but some are commuting you know, and they're commuting back to their homes and families. And, and I, I think it's very appropriate for us to make sure that we're not just valuing athletics just to be, get back on the court at, as the sign of, of the um, importance of what we're trying to do. You know, it, it's, it's trying to balance, you know, the athletic um, side of things, but also prioritizing the health side of things. Um, so I, I do believe that, you know, our protocol, um, I, I've been in this, just just sending nothing but information to student athletes you know so any changes in, in, in what we're doing school protocol wise um, updated information having topics uh, open discussion forums because any students have any questions because we still do have new athletes on, on here at Monroe College new freshmen walking into the situation and I'm sure this is all new for them um, even the sophomores they've been doing a great job of, of asking the right type of questions to help inform themselves, but more so inform the, um, inform the students that are new, that might hesitate on asking certain questions because they don't want to seem like, you know, they're, they're out of the loop, you know? So uh, I, I just believe that this opportunity, even though it, it hasn't um, offered a lot, uh, a hands-on approach for myself, I feel like I'm able to offer opportunity for our sophomores to step up and be leaders amongst the team and amongst themselves. You know, so now you have more sophomores speaking out. So when we do have that chance to be on the court 
practicing working out with each other, I won't have to just worry about myself and my staff being vocal leaders towards the team. You know, the sophomores already have that in place right now. And the freshmen are understanding that already. So going into this year, um, you know, I, I think it's important for us to feel like the communication is strong within our program to make sure we are practicing the right type of protocols to, to, to practice safety and, and, and still being able to give a true value towards what we're trying to give them as this collegiate experience is offered. You know, so um, whenever we're able to play, um, obviously we have a set date to where we're starting officially in January. Um, but once our practices and workouts begin, you know, I, I hope they go smoothly and now stay in accordance to what we have in place here at um, Monroe with our protocols. And I'll, I'll, I'll do my best to make sure the student athletes are doing the same. And, but I'm sure that they'll value the opportunity they have because all of them are very hyped and, and very focused on wanting the opportunity to play because they haven't played for months. So, you know, I'm sure that's going to be something that they have in their forefront. Um, but it's my job to make sure I'm, I'm still focused on the day-to-day um, while they're focusing on what they need to focus on in order for them to be able to get on the court and have fun playing the game and competing. Now, we're starting to run low on time here, but one thing I did want to get to is that, obviously, it's been a long six months since all of our seasons ended, and yeah. a lot of us had to find different things to keep busy during this time, whether it is doing a lot of work or kind of just making ourselves better personally. And as your Facebook friend, I know that you've taken up biking around yeah. New York City, and uh, very, very impressively, mind you. I've been, I've been, I've been looking at that, and those videos Thank you. are really cool. So, Thank what you. kind of? I know, I know, you know, you, we see a lot with student athletes and coaches, and you know, those like me who just love sports. That a lot of us just have that competitive nature and drive to just, you know, keep doing more and improving and things. So, what kind of led to this, this? I assume new hobby of yours, and uh, yeah. Um, what's, what are some of the things that you've experienced doing that? Right. Well, well, you said it. I, I mean, I, I, I'm a big competitor. I, I love playing the game. I love competing, but so, you know, with the challenges of the gyms and, 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 and you know, uh, facilities being shut down like that, you know, I, I felt like riding a bike socially would be able to give me the opportunity to still, um, practice social distancing, but still be out there feeling like I'm putting some good work into keeping a, a, a steady, you know, flow of good health. For myself um and so it started off just you know casually with with uh family friends and and um friends of mine's and and um some family members from time to time and and then i saw a former monroe uh mustang that i you know played here with who graduated and moved on um gil egan a uh, good friend of mine he posted up a, a ride that he did with another mutual friend that we have from being in New York, you have a lot of guys in the social basketball scene like that. So, you know, uh, I told them I was interested and, and <laughs> I had my mountain bike and, and they had their road bikes. And I'm going to tell you that that ride almost killed me, you know, <laughs> but uh, it was challenging enough to where those guys made me feel really comfortable about what I was trying to do. And so, you know, I felt like in order for me to keep up with them, I had to up my equipment. And so I purchased a new bike, a, a, a hybrid bike, not a road bike, but a hybrid bike, which gave me a little bit more speed and, and lighter on the frame. So, um, you know, as the rides went on, I started to invest a little bit more into biking. So where now I'm fully dressed almost to where, you know, you, you got this whole suits, you got the bike helmets and everything. And now, you know, I'm, I'm keeping up and we're doing excellent with our rides. You know, we're riding like 90 miles, 100 miles, 45, 60s, things like that 
skin all over the city, tri-state area and everything, you know? So um, I, I just think that the journey of development, see, that's my foundation. You know, I, I love to develop and, and see the development unfold into something successful. And so when I started this, I, I started at the lower end, obviously. And then as the year, well, the months went by, the weeks went by, I just continued to pick up more things to where I became more comfortable and wanted to do this more. And having success with those big rides helped me a lot. So now I'm, I'm looking to continue with this because I think this is a great way for me to stay healthy and stay in shape. And this is a great substitute for uh, what I don't have with being able to play the game of basketball, you know? I think it's great. Again, I said, like I said before, I've, I've been really impressed by it. Um, I didn't even realize how long some of those rides were. So that's just, I mean, <laughs> almost ridiculous to me. But, um, yeah. you know, when – when, when it comes to this season and you're pushing your student athletes to work harder and get better, you can show this to them as an example of you're doing the exact same thing to yourself. Exactly. 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 <laughs> it makes my voice sound so much better when I have that behind me. You're right. That's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. But uh, as I said, we're, we're just about out of time here. So uh, coach Warner, I want to thank you for joining us today for all those listening. Thank you again for listening and watching to Monroe Mustangs. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite podcast networks. Coach Warner, again, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, good luck this season. Good luck with getting practices started and bringing your students on campus. And I uh, look forward to seeing you soon, man. Yes, sir. Thank you, David. Appreciate that. Look forward to seeing you too, my brother. Take care. Take care. Thank you.